would like you to turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. When, uh, when I was young, my mom and dad had in the bottom of their closet, there was a box. And it was about, about this big. So it was quite a, a you know, a good-sized box. And in that box were rolls of film. My dad had a camera. And at that time, it was, you know, a really a nice camera. Uh, anything that you had to turn a dial on was a nice camera. And, and dad had to turn dials, and he took pictures, and... And uh, he took a lot of pictures, but there was a problem in that we did not have the funds to develop those pictures. And so that box just filled up. Every now and then, Dad, would, uh, Dad and Mom would go through those. They would pick out four or five rolls, and they would take them to Dillon, Montana. And uh, over there, they had a place that would develop those, and they would bring them back. Uh, we probably, probably those days, you know, they would be done in three or four days or three or four weeks, I can't remember, but uh, they would bring those film, the, get the film back, and they would be in slides because we had a slide projector. And so we would be all excited, and that night when we got them back, they would start through and we would view those slides I mean, one at a time, Dad would slide it in, you know, click, and then we'd watch it and we'd all talk about it because every slide had a memory, had lots of memories. And they were good memories, even though some of the slides were not taken very good and it would be blurry at times, or maybe the content of the slide was not necessarily, you know, this is the time when we had the flat tire and we... we we had to sleep in the car, and, and so we remember, but did we think they were bad? No. Well, we got into those. Those were great memories. You know, not at the time, but great memories. And so we'd go through all of those slides. Then we progressed to the point where one Christmas, the family received, got a Super 8 uh, movie camera and uh, a projector for the Christmas and so we began taking, even though we had a box full of film that wasn't developed, we had began to take these little cassettes in the camera. And, because, and the first thing we used it for was a trip down to Tulsa, Oklahoma. All of us got in the, the car. Um, Dean, uh, my oldest brother, was going to get married down there, and I was in the seventh grade at that time. And, and so... We loaded up in the car, we had a, a little station wagon, and uh, the back seat faced backward, I've mentioned that before, and, and so I, I didn't get car sick, so I had to sit back there with a couple of my sisters, and, and my little sisters, and we took off to Tulsa, and somebody in the, was in the middle seat, there were four in there, and uh, so in the middle seat, somebody was assigned to take the video, or the, the picture, movie camera, movie, uh, movies of our trip. And so it passed from one side of the car over to the other. Um, and so there were uh, 10 of us in this little station wagon going down the road to Tulsa. And because film was expensive, you didn't want to spend a lot of time taking pictures of it. And so, you know, everything was done like this. And so, we, you know, you, you had like, you know, just three seconds, 
One, two, three. Then you take your finger off it. And so we went to Tulsa, all across Texas. We spent two weeks camping out, all of our stuff in the little, little trailer, and eating bologna sandwiches, cut across Texas and New Mexico and Arizona and California and up the coast, uh, Oregon and Washington and down to Utah and uh, through Idaho, and we got back in Montana then at the end of two weeks. Now, when we were finally able to get those videos uh, developed, or the movies developed, and begin to show them on the, the, the reel there, uh, we all got car sick because it was going so fast. <laughs> and it was hard for us, to, but uh, we, we'd stop it. And, of course, you stop it, then you burn a hole in the film. Um, but we wanted those memories. And memories were good. Even though the uh, bad things happened, the storm came through the campground, and, and we spent the next day gathering our stuff, sleeping bags and pillows, and uh, gathering our stuff up and, and having a clip of that as a reminder. And that was a good memory. And we would laugh at that. And the night the bear, uh, bear came into our camp and laid down right in camp after it couldn't open our metal big old locker trying to get the food out of it. And he laid right down, and, and us guys were laying on the ground on this side, and the girls were laying on the ground on this side, and the bear, a large bear there in New Mexico, laid right down between us. <laughs> and we whirled our pillows and banged our pillows, and feathers were flying everywhere. And finally the bear got up and moved. Uh, but so we, we had pictures, memories. Memories are important. They're not just for here on earth. And the, uh, now we have digital record. Everything is recorded now. You don't want to do anything bad because somebody, you know, there are five, six cell phones around you. You're going to tape all that you do. And, and uh, so they are important, the photo albums in the out, uh, iCloud storage, you know, my kids cringe. And I love to talk about uh, computer stuff and phone stuff, you know, because I don't know a thing about it. My kids just cringe. You know, I, I say, just, just get on the Google, you know. Just get on the Google and find it. Or ask uh, Siri. Surely she has the answer for any of the questions that we have out there. But uh, I, So I had to ask, uh, iCloud storage, they sent it. We just spent a lot of time in the clouds flying to Spain and flying back from Spain. And I can tell you that I did not see one thing up in those clouds that's supposedly <laughs> stored there. So if you've got storage up there, I would say you better check it out. Make sure it is still stored up there. But uh, they do that because they don't want to lose it. So you, you have important things that you back up. And you put it on a disk drive or a thumb drive or a hard drive or overdrive or whatever. And, and so that you can keep those things. They're all designed to help us remember important things, events, people. Uh, we... For one of the, for two days, Seth and I, we took, this is a father-son thing. And so we got over there, and we began, they're on the Camino Trail, El Camino, the Camino Trail. And it's a pilgrimage, and so there are lots of 
pilgrims on this trail, and 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 it's for religious reflection or spiritual reflection. Uh, so it can be a great ministry. We got to talk to a number uh, while we were doing this, but for two days, Seth and I started mon- Monday morning, and we ran the Camino. The, the pilgrims carry big backpacks, and we just carried little running packs with water bottles and and goos and gels and stuff to to eat as you go along the way. And you run. There's a little village every three or five miles, so. There's always a place to stop and get a cup of coffee and, and to rest and, and visit with some of the people. We did that for two days. And uh, during the course of the time, Seth was videoing me. Why? So that I would remember some of these things. And at the time, there were things that uh, did not feel pleasant. But now I've watched it two times since we've gotten back. Uh, just to watch, because we want to remember those things. But I also know that there's something designed today to, so that there will be no remembrance of it. It's called Snapchat, at least from all of my experience with all of this stuff. At least that's what they tell me, that Snapchat is something where you can send a photo or a message and it disappears after so many seconds. And it's so that there's no, no remembrance of it, no evidence of it, which is, is not a good thing, I would think, but um, there will be no Snapchat in heaven. And I say that because I want us to realize there are going to be memories. We're going to have memories in heaven. And that's kind of the theme of today as we look at this uh, and we've kind of been going through in the series before we left, it, was, it would be the, for me, it would be called the top 12 reasons why I ought to be excited about heaven. And, and I hope that as we went, th- as we've been going through these things, that you're excited about heaven. Now, if you've never placed your faith in Christ, then, uh, then you... Better, you will not be excited about these things. These are for those that have become part of God's family. And there's a, a way that that happens. And it isn't something we do. It isn't a scale that, uh, you know, if your good outweighs your bad, then you're part of God's family. Oh, no, now you're not part of God's family. No, you know, once, uh, once we had our kids, they're our kids. And uh, they might not feel like our kids sometimes or act like our kids were supposed to act, but they were still our kids. But uh, anyway, no Snapchat in heaven. If you're wondering where I got that, uh, that's where it comes from. I want us to see that there are memories in heaven. The top 12 reasons why I'm excited about heaven, and if you've been keeping notes, you've got a number of these already. Number one was heaven is an actual place. It is actual. Uh, scripture is filled with verses that tell us it's an actual place and that it's, an, it's going to be an exciting place. But it's a place of beauty. That was number two. Number three, it was a place of, re, of travel, a place where we get to travel. I love to travel, a place we get to travel. Number four, it was a place of eating and drinking and feasting. I love to eat. It's going to be great. Uh, there, uh, zero-calorie foods when we get to heaven. 
I'm sure. Uh, number five, a place to, uh, to entertain others. A place where relationships we develop on this earth, we will share time with them, entertaining them uh, in heaven and there entertaining us. Um, number six, a place of ruling with Christ, given responsibilities, opportunities to create Because God is a creative God, he expects us to be creative people, and hopefully we're creative people on this earth, and that does not end when we get to heaven. We're going to have opportunities to create and to do and to serve and to tend, you know, tend gardens, Adam and Eve, that was theirs, to tend the gardens, to name the animals, to uh, all kinds of opportunities they had there. And so, uh, ruling a, a place of ruling with Christ. Seven, number seven is heaven is a place of learning. When we get to when we die, we don't know everything. Well, we'll we'll see that today in this message too. But a place of learning, we will continue to learn in heaven. Number eight was heaven is a place of time. And even though some of the songs might say, and time shall be no more, it's just saying that we've got all eternity. But there will be time in heaven. Uh, we're not just sitting there for eternity playing a harp, uh, adjusting the tune or adjusting our halos. Uh, there's time because we have responsibility in heaven. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 9 through 15. Just want uh, one of the verses that tell us that we will have memory in heaven. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 9. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So you are caretakers, husbandry, caretakers of, of God's provision. And we are to take good care of God's provision. And that's one reason why, uh, you know, we are to take care of this earth. We are the husbandmen of this earth. We are the gardeners of this earth. And uh, we're not going to do it, uh, uh, we don't want to go overboard because we know in the tribulation time, uh, God sends down his judgment upon this earth. And uh, all that we might preserve in our lifetime uh, could be burnt up at that time, and eventually the new heaven and the new earth. But beginning with verse 9, we are, we're caretakers. We are God's building. God lives with us. We are called individually temples of God. Our bodies are the temple of God, and so we care for our bodies as best we can. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me, which is the reason we are saved. The only way we are, uh, can stand before a holy God is because of God's grace. Nothing else, not our goodness at all, because we have none in our flesh. But according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation... I've laid the foundation, and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. Now, Paul is writing to the people at Corinthians in Church of Corinth, and he is saying, okay, I brought you the message, 
And I laid a foundation for you, and now it's up to you to build upon that foundation. The foundation is built upon Jesus Christ. It's not based upon you and your goodness. But each of you now are building upon that foundation. Once you are a believer, doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want. It means that you have a responsibility to live for God. And that's for us. We're building on this foundation of Jesus Christ. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. For if any, uh, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stone, and so you have an idea of we can, we're building this, this a temple. We, we're to be more like Christ, Romans 8, 29, that God has saved us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus. So if we add to our lives things that make us more like Jesus Christ, if we remove things that uh, our tempers or our angers or our, our anxieties or our lusts or our pride or as we, with the Holy Spirit, get these things out of our lives, we are building on this foundation, gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, hay, stubble. Every man's work shall be made manifest, revealed here, uh, shown what it really is. For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Uh, it will test every man. And so we, someday all believers will stand before Christ and, and uh, have their, their lives evaluated. What does this have to do with memories? Because we're going to remember these things. When we get to heaven, we will remember how we should have done, what we shouldn't have done, or how, how the times when we were exhilarated because of the goodness of God and the greatness of God and, and the tears we shed because we love God uh, so much and we're so grateful for what Jesus Christ did on the cross and that gold, silver, precious stone, or wood, he has stubble. These are memories. We will remember this when we get to heaven. Heaven is a place of memories. We'll remember other things, too. We will re- I, uh, I will remember the day that, that uh, I was five years old, jumped out of the car uh, when we got back from, from church, and, and Dad pulled up, and to the house, and I jumped out of the car, and I grabbed mom by the hand, and I drug her up the steps and into my bedroom, and and knelt down by my bunk bed, and I asked Jesus to forgive me and save me. I'll remember that, and it will be with gratitude that I will remember that, that God saved me that day, that God gave me life in Jesus Christ, gave me an eternity. I will remember our wedding day. I will remember, you know, I was thinking about this. Uh, I'll remember my first kiss. And, I, you know, I had aunts and moms, and, and they, they would kiss me on the cheek. But I remember the first kiss that I actually, besides a peck on the cheek, because Aunt Matilda, you know, wanted to hug me. Um, but uh, the first girl I kissed, I, I will remember that. Um, and that first girl was Cindy when I was... A junior in college, first time I kissed her, 
course, I would have been kicked out of college if somebody would have found out, but <laughs> too late now, too late now. I'll remember our wedding day better than I remember it now, <laughs> you know. Some of those memories uh, kind of begin to fade. I'll remember the birth of our kids, birth of our grandkids. I'll be remembering with a mind that's renewed, not the mind that I have now. Um, I'll remember our church family, you guys, and hopefully entertain you when we're in glory. And uh, thank you again. And all of God's provision, I will remember those things. We will have memories in heaven. Now, there are two extremes with this thought, and maybe you have fallen to one of these two extremes, and it, it kind of minimizes this idea of memories. The one extreme is that when we get to heaven, we'll know everything. Have you ever thought that? Now, sometimes I say that, and, uh, and then I stop thinking, that's not right. We'll not know everything everything when we get to heaven. We will, the truth of that is, we will see through a, a, a glass clearly, where right now, Paul says, we see through a glass darkly. We don't understand all of the things that we see. But someday, we are going to see clearer than we see now. We are going to understand more than we understand now. But we will not know everything. God does. Man doesn't. Angels don't. Only God does. He is omniscient. He knows all things. We will not know those things um, when we get to heaven. We will not know everything, which is disappointing because that's, I did want to know how to play the piano without practicing, you know, or, or play the guitar or whatever. So that's a little discouraging, but uh, we'll still continue to learn, and I'll have... Uh, a few thousand years to learn how to play those instruments. So uh, that's the one extreme. We'll know everything. The other extreme is that we'll know nothing of our past life. And in some sense, I used to say that. That, uh, oh, we're not going to, you're not going to remember uh, all of the sin and everything that you had in your life uh, because then you would be sad. Oh, that's not what Scripture says. Our sin will all be forgiven, placed under the blood of Christ. All of the sin before I got saved and the sin after I got saved has all been taken care of. Now when I remember it, it's going to be with thanksgiving. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you forgave me of those things. Uh, and so... Um, we, when we die, we don't have our minds, our memories erased. Uh, turn to, uh, in 1 Corinthians 15, we read those verses, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians 5. You know, here in this, he's talking about our, our bodies and how they wear out and uh, how to, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. In verse 8, we get to verse 10. It says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So what's that mean? Oh, when we get to heaven, we're going to 
be evaluated, have our lives evaluated. The Bema seat is really the word that is used here. We call it the judgment seat, but that uh, tends to say, okay, you're going to be judged, and, and, and if you are found wanting, you're going to be punished, uh, or if you're not found wanting, you will be rewarded. It's not talking about punishment here at all. The Bema seat was never a, a, a judgment that was placed upon someone. The Bema seat was when the runners in the Olympics would come in and it would, uh, the winners would be placed on, on the pedestals, similar to what they do today. And they would be awarded for what they had accomplished. Their lives would be, their race would be evaluated. And if they, they tripped a, a competitor and it was deemed uh, they, they were going to be disqualified, they were disqualified and somebody else would stand on that uh, there in, uh, in Spain and in, Pumferrata, where Seth and Crystal live, they have a race every year, and uh, I ran it three years ago when we went. I ran it again this year. There was a difference between the two races. One of the differences was uh, three years ago when we raced, uh, I got to stand on this platform. There's a big platform with speakers and then uh, uh, like Olympic standards. And three years ago, I got to stand on that platform. And I was awarded uh, different awards that they gave. Uh, this year, I ran the race. Uh, this year, I ran it harder. It just took me longer uh, to finish the race. And I didn't, I didn't get awarded. Now, I didn't get punished, besides sore muscles. Uh, but that's what the Abima seat is, to get an award, to, uh, to find out what gold silver, precious stone, or has it all just been burned away? Am I more like Christ than I was when I got saved? And so uh, this award, this is why we're living. How we live today makes a difference in how we will serve in our eternity. And over, over again, Jesus tells these parables about the good stewards and the poor stewards. And, the, and so what we do today isn't being wasted. Um, it, is for, it doesn't buy us salvation at all, but it, uh, it expresses our appreciation to God, and it also determines uh, how we spend our eternity in heaven. So uh, specific acts of faithfulness on earth will survive the fire. That shows there in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Turn in Revelation, there are verses here. Revelation verse 19, uh, chapter 19. And this is following our lives upon this earth, but Revelation 19, 7 and 8 says this, and you can just listen as I read it because of the time. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. So uh, it does count. Living moral lives does count after salvation. You can be as moral as as, uh, the, the moralest person on earth, but if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ, 
you will not be judged or you will not be rewarded because of your righteousness, because our own righteousness without Christ is as filthy rags, Scripture says. So the wedding dress, the righteous acts of the saints here. Uh, so, and that will be a reminder to us of how we lived upon this earth. Memories, uh, Revelation 14, verse 13. Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. What we do on this earth does count in heaven. And we will have memories of these things. The rich man in hell remembered his life on this earth. Remember, and he even said, send somebody to my brothers so that they might uh, hear and not experience the punishment that he was going through in hell. And Lazarus remembered as well. Uh, martyrs in heaven in Revelation 6, and we'll look at that passage another time. They remember, they knew what was going on upon the earth. And uh, a quote from Randy Elkhorn, Heaven's joy is not dependent upon an erased mind, but a renewed mind. Our eternal life will be so much more glorious than our earthly life. Of course, it tells us that in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. Uh, it, it talks about in Malachi, a scroll of remembrance. So I, I'm not sure how this works. And, and uh, now that we're getting down to the end of my, uh, the things that make me excited about heaven, some of it is speculation because of, of uh, we're not given a lot of information. But uh, it's a place of memories. There's a scroll of remembrance that talks about in Malachi chapter 3. And... We might have a scribe, an angel scribe, that follows us around and records the scroll of remembrance of living for God. It's recorded about those who fear and honor his name, is what it says there in Malachi. So uh, uh, how we live upon this earth is important after we trust Christ as our Savior. So how we live this week is important. The times we snap at our spouses or the time we pout or the time we, uh, we get angry or the time we, we just, uh, don't, just don't want to think about spiritual things at all, that's wood, hand, stubble. The time you spend in God's word, the time you bite your tongue, the time you greet a stranger with a smile, these are, this is gold, silver, precious stone. And I am praying that we are investing in our next life. We have that opportunity to do that. And let's take advantage of it. Let's pray. Father, you know the times that I squander your resources and your time and so many things. Lord, uh, motivate me. And I pray the same for these that are here. I pray, Lord, that we'll be more like you by next Sunday than we are today. 
I pray that we might be excited about heaven. That our doubts of heaven will be removed because of the security we can have in Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that uh, you will give us victories. And if there's one here that doesn't know you as Savior right now, I pray that they might call on the name of the Lord and be saved. That they might cry out and say, Jesus, forgive me and save me. That they might say, thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice you made on the cross so that you paid for my sin because I can't pay it myself. I pray that we might leave here as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. I ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.